Weekly Dynasty Podcast. We are here with your hosts, Dave Reed, Ryan Wilkinson, and Joey Gallo. Welcome in to the MSFW Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Dave Reed, joined by my co-hosts, Ryan Wilkinson and Joey Gallo. We're hey, back, everyone. I know. Be back. I feel Got like that. I haven't seen you in forever, Joe. <laughs> Got the whole crew. It's a special day. So special. We brought in a special guest as well. He has been the front man for Dan's team for years. He's more of a figurehead for that uh, that team. Um, but we brought him in. The name is Matt Rosinski. Welcome to the pod. Thanks, guys, for having me. I was really hoping we'd get Dan, but I guess Matt will have to do. I know. He, He's too busy actually running the team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe we should just set the record straight at the early on in the podcast. How much of the managing is he doing relative to you? Uh, so to be honest, they go, I mean, in our Albany league, Dan and I have been doing this for years together. It's actually, we don't, we don't do anything unless we run it by each other. I mean, okay. so it actually is 50, 50. Nice. But I will say, I was half expecting you guys to have Mike Williams pop in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nemesis. But uh, I'm a little disappointed, but it's all right. It, it is the NSFW podcast, but it's still – that he's too much for that. Like, there's not a label strong enough for Mike Williams to be on this pod. <laughs> uh, but we got a special one for you guys today. Week 12 is in the books, uh, our trade deadline pass, so we're actually going to do a post-mortem on in-season trades, kind of take a look um, what were some of our favorite trades and some value, values and flops that we saw, um, but also obviously do our normal run-through of week 12, and as always, when we have a special guest, we got the DK lineup challenge. But first, we're going to jump into the medical ward. Uh, this has been a staple, players keep getting hurt, but uh, this one's actually a little bit lighter than most weeks, and we actually have some players coming back but first the bad news Jonathan Taylor uh, this was a surprise on I believe Tuesday he is going to have thumb surgery and be out two to four weeks uh, so that's a pretty major loss for uh, a player who was looking like he was finally ramping up and uh, going to be an RB1 to finish the season Kenneth Walker is doubtful again uh, for Thursday night football without oblique injury so you're going to see Charbonnet be the lead back again Chris Olave less left the Week 12 matchup with a concussion. Um, he's still TBD for this week, but something to monitor. But Rashid Shahid, who his running mate there in uh, New Orleans now, injured his quad, and he's probably going to miss this week and likely a, a week after that. Demario Douglas, who is turning in a pretty solid rookie season, left early with a hard shot to the head and neck. Uh, he did pass the concussion protocol, but still TBD if he'll play this week. Mari Cooper took a pretty tough shot to the ribs, but the x-rays did come back negative, so he should be okay for this week. And Dorian Thomas Robinson, DTR, not DTMR, very close. Uh, he had a concussion from a pretty nasty shot, um, and they did sign Flacco, so there is a chance that we start seeing an elite quarterback in Joe Flacco uh, back on the field. But uh, there are also a few other players that hopefully do come back. Uh, my team especially needs Devon Achan in the worst way to come back. Uh, he did not. The only news we got there is he did not suffer a setback uh, during the last week. So who knows if he's playing this week, but he didn't get worse apparently. So fingers crossed. T Higgins has a chance to play, but it's Monday night football. Um, 
I don't think you can put him in your lineup, but something to monitor. And that seems like more optimistic for week 14. Dallas Goddard, uh, his, he fractured his forearm earlier. He's pushing to play this week. Uh, still iffy if that will happen, but week 14 seems like a, a good, very good chance. Justin Jefferson still kept missing it. He's on bye this week, but he was finally activated, and he will be playing week 14. And Aaron Rodgers in a, is designated to return from the IR for who knows why. Uh, no idea why he's doing this move, but he looks like he is actually trying to play this season. They have three weeks uh, to get him activated with the window now being open. So we'll see if the he can make the Jets less uh, pathetic to close out the season. But which of these uh, injuries or uh, returns are standing out the most to you guys? Yeah, so I'll jump in on Jonathan Taylor, right? So they say two to four weeks. They say they're going to try and get him back quickly, and they're obviously not eliminated from playoff contention, so they have incentive to get him back. You saw, though, that coming back from the suspension, not uh, suspension, the pup earlier in Mm -hmm. the the previous injury, it took him, you mentioned him getting ramped up. took him a while to get ramped up. I think the first game he was back, Zach Moss still put up better numbers, got more carries. Zach Moss is going to get opportunity now, too. So I just feel like it's a weird situation with Taylor where by the time he comes back, it's going to be week 16, week 17. You're going to have tough decisions to make in the playoffs if your team's still alive. So if I'm a Taylor owner, I'm kind of not really counting on him at all, really, until the very, very end, if I'm lucky to, to even be uh, alive at that point. And if I have Zach Moss, then it's you basically found yourself – uh, starting running back the rest of the way. So pretty fortunate. Yeah, I feel like Jonathan Taylor is really the only major one there. Most of the other guys should be back within a week or two. The only other thing I'll say is if Olave and Shahid both do miss this week, uh, Michael Thomas is on IR, so who knows who will be catching the ball for the Saints. But um, yeah, otherwise nothing too crazy. Um, and then the Kamara, by the way, it'll be Kamara. Kamara, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I, guess, I guess it will all just go to the running back. Um, but yeah, nothing too crazy other than that. I saw something today that was like a lot of they practiced in a limited fashion. Please, um, which Please was play. like uh, a, a good, a good, a, I mean, a good first sign. Yeah. But, you know, they're still kind of – it wasn't the worst concussion you've ever seen, right? Like he mm-hmm. landed on his head rather than getting – taking a blow to the head from a, a defender. But and, and usually with concussions, if you start practicing early, that's usually a good sign. It's when you start missing practices. Like you, you don't clear the protocol, but you're starting to get reps in. So that – he's trending the right way. So I also need him. <laughs> yeah, Taylor hurts pretty bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have any uh, shares of him. I know you do and don't have Moss, but I think uh, I think you'll be okay. You have a lot of depth there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's, uh, you know, having depth at running back is always a good thing, right? But the downfall for us is we lost Taylor and Zach Moss. The mics both have the mics. Oh, yeah. And we're playing them this week. So if you look at our, you know, the projected points, they kind of evened out, not fully, but they're a lot closer than I would have liked. So that was kind of a uh, that was a tough one. Seeing seeing the fortunes flip like that in Dynasty is the the fun and devastating part about it because like there's again stud players like Jonathan Taylor that are uh, staples of your lineup. Zach Moss maybe an afterthought on your bench. Maybe they were looking to ship him, and boom! All of a sudden, you got another valuable asset. I wish that would happen to me a bit more often, but it's all right. We're moving on. But yeah, you know, like that. It's funny how like when a guy gets hurt. 
on your redraft team, it's like, ah, like, all right, let's see who I have on my bench. Let's see who I can get from the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Like, when someone gets hurt on your dynasty team, unless it's a position of depth, you're just like, oh, like what kind it's of like, piece of shit am I going to throw in there? This oh. week? <laughs> yeah, because you're not scouring the uh, waivers, and like now our trade deadline's passed. I'm just like, oh, God, I am. This is dire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when I make. I basically just hope for like two points for whoever I throw in because <laughs> there's nothing left. That's, or like Devon A. Chain doesn't play, so Raheem Mostert is the starter once again. Yeah, but yeah. this is why that's why I keep throwing Justin Watson in my lineup. I've started Justin Watson like five times this year, which is more than I ever wanted to start Justin Watson, but it's been paying off. At this point, you probably got to start him even if you have better options because he's getting a lot of targets. Stay in the flames. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's a good point. Why don't we uh, move into uh, the overall discussion on how Week 12 went? Because uh, Justin Watson will do that as the segue because we're pros here. Uh, he did have another touchdown uh, this week. Um, but with it, I did one thing because I'm also Mahomes owner in another league. It seems like Mahomes' ceiling is kind of capped right now. He's not having any of these blow-up games uh, that you expect from him. But you did see Rashid Rice really step up, maybe start you know uh, usurping. I like to call for Justin Watson instead of wide receiver one role. Uh, but Pacheco really seems to be the star there. It's the player who coming into the season you weren't sure we were going to have. He, he looks like he's potentially a top 15 running back going forward. Yeah, he, I mean, he's amazing. Every single time he touches the ball, I'm just like, this guy is so incredibly good. It was yeah. a, like last year when he first came on, it was like a lot of camp hype. And, you know, I think. Seventh rounder, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he he's insanely good. He's honestly one of my favorite running backs to watch in the whole league. Tiny too, but he runs fierce. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned Mahomes, but, uh, you know, his ceiling just hasn't been there. But two quarterbacks who have had the ceilings, uh, the Bills and the Eagles, quite the game there for the week. Uh, both teams just kind of went crazy from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and it was also an amazing game. But, uh, you know, the, the Bills just keep losing for some reason. Uh, feel like they keep having. Big offensive days, but not actually pulling out the win in the game. Um, but again, Josh Allen had you know, four touchdowns. On the other side, Hertz had, I think it was five touchdowns, right? Um, yeah, three passing, two rushing. And, and Phil Yates mentioned it was the first time ever that uh, two quarterbacks in the same game had two, at least two passing and at least two rushing touchdowns each, which is pretty wild, uh, especially yeah. if you own both of those quarterbacks, like one of our esteemed hosts. <laughs> <laughs> partially why i had to mention it but <laughs> yeah no it also was an amazing game it was weird because it didn't feel like that for most of it either because i was watching initially like the first half of it then i had to start getting the kids ready and then i kept checking my phone i'm like what is going on in this game it was like a dud at the first half but those two quarterbacks and offenses like it takes like 10 seconds to get down the field so they can now ramp the points real quick yeah for sure but another uh, big big showing that I know that the team's getting uh, – our league is getting excited about, at least for me. I have him in one dynasty league. I know Joe has him in ours. Uh, the Falcons with Bijan. He is finally, finally showing up, which is scary if, you, if you're playing uh, a Bijan owner right now because they have a pretty good schedule going forward. And he, he was – had a, he didn't have the uh, – we talked about earlier in the pot, uh, earlier this season. He didn't have the strong start this season he wanted, but he looks like he's going to be a potential league winner. But, Joe, as an owner, what are your thoughts on what you're seeing out of Atlanta? I'm happy to see him getting red zone activity. There's still more Tyler Algier than I'd like. You know, like I was watching that game, uh, and 
just like whenever you kind of see like a, a a lumbering guy running directly into his O-line's back, I'm like, ah, this must be Tyler Algios. Algios. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's good to see that they're giving Bijan more looks in the red zone. And he's, I mean, he's super elusive and does stuff with him. So, and he's, and he's getting targets too. And he's doing stuff with those as well. So that was a great catch too. Like that was a, that wasn't just like a little, uh, in the backfield catch and run. Like he caught that over the shoulder. Um, Ritter is not good, but he has moments and that was a good, decent pass for him. I know you hate Ritter though. <laughs> yeah, You know, like it's, I just, I didn't think he was very good in college and, I don't think he's great now, but I think I think I'm biased just because I had a very negative view of Atlanta early in the season because of the way that they were using Bijan. So as long as he's getting quality looks, then Desmond Ritter can throw terrible interceptions to blow the game all he wants. <laughs> well, they won, and I think they're leading the division now, which is just wild. That's what I was going to say. I feel like they're the opposite of the Bills. Like, the Bills put up these huge offensive numbers, but they just can't win. And then the Falcons are the opposite. They just keep winning somehow, and I feel like they're not that good, but they win. Are you saying the Bills need to hire Arthur Smith? Is that what you're saying, Ryan? <laughs> I don't think that would solve it, but... No. But another huge game... Um, that is good. It's kind of setting the stage for the future of this division was uh, the Jags versus the Texans. Cause you had two young franchise quarterbacks and Trevor Lawrence and CJ Shroud going back to back like punch for punch there. And the Jags, they come out on top, but both teams had a great showing. And there was a lot of fantasy goodness to be had there. Trevor Lawrence, I just want to say after a QB one performance last week, QB six this week, dominating, he's getting some touchdowns now, which is great to see. Uh, Ridley's flashing, which is helping Lawrence's uh, ascension. And Kirk was still solid. Engram still is not getting touchdowns, but getting solid work. Uh, but ETN is kind of like, it seems like if Lawrence does well, ETN doesn't do well and vice versa. So it really depends on who gets the touchdowns there. So ETN hasn't really been efficient really most of the year, I think, in the ground. But he's been getting the touchdowns, so you take those away. And he hasn't been as getting the ceiling that you wanted. And from the Texan side, CJ Stroud, I mean, we just say it every week. It was great making the players look good. But Tank Dell might be the best rookie wide receiver in this class right now. I'm not going to say that for sure, but you have to start putting him in that discussion. He had another great outing for five for 50 and a touchdown. And Nico got the Collins got in the mix. And Singletary still dominating work. And, and you're worried about Damian Pierce if you're an owner there. But what were you guys taking that game? Yeah, I mean, I really wanted Houston to pull it out personally. Um, might have had him money line. <laughs> uh, but it was impressive that the, the way that they fought back, right? Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see that. You know, my thing, the one comment that I'll make about watching CJ Stroud is just like he extends the play a lot in the backfield. He's always looking for receivers open downfield, and he usually finds receivers open downfield. But I just feel like he takes big hits back there, too. You know, like he runs around, runs around, runs around. And before you know it, like he just kind of gets sized up. And I'm just like worried that he's going to like run around too long. Like he, he could probably benefit from throwing it away and, and, and not taking like these massive hits. Um, that being said, he played a great game. He probably could have. Um, I don't remember the exact situation on that last drive, but uh, it was like a s- second or third down. And um, 
trying to trying to make the first down rather than just pick up another like five to ten yards. Like he could have either ran it or like thrown just a short pass that would have made like brought the field goal a little bit closer rather than just like going for the to to make the whatever they were they had to gain like twenty something yards, twenty five yards because he got sacked. Um, and that ended up obviously costing them because the field goal ended up like hitting the crossbar. Yeah. So, uh, but you know he's a rookie after all. He's human. Uh, still an amazing game. Still a top, you know, probably at this point, six or seven dynasty quarterback for fantasy. And Every week, I feel like you just are like, yeah, this guy is yeah. elite. Yeah, fun to watch and fun game. Yeah, and another game, uh, more so, it's just, uh, it was, I believe this was on Thanksgiving, the Thursday night, the, the uh, last game was uh, the 49ers and the Seahawks. More so just saying that see, uh, Christian McCaffrey's still doing CMC things. Uh, two touchdowns. This guy's a cheat code. I was, like, looking at uh, total points um, for the all players, and he's, like, if he was a quarterback, I think he'd be, like, the QB, like, eight or something like The guy at a running back position, which is just crazy. That's such a – especially in the super flex, like, you could have gone one quarterback if you had CMC, which someone did because, um, again, such an advantage there. Purdy was just okay, but the main reason why I called that out is there were three rush touchdowns. So Purdy had a good matchup, didn't get the points you wanted to. CMC obviously got two of them, but Debo was starting to look pretty good. And wanted to start calling that out because uh, he did get the other rushing uh, touchdown there and got some work in the passing game. So it, I, gave, I, I gave Debo a very strong look for my lineup this week against Philadelphia. I, I, uh, I may have. Added him in. Uh, that's also why I'm talking about it. But uh, Ayuk was uh, good. I also want to call it out because we had a uh, a touchdown parlay, one player from each game, and Ayuk was the last one. He got a, a elite touchdown for us to seal that win for us. Um, but Ayuk only had two catches, but he is continually coming through and getting those uh, deeper shots uh, off the like, play action, which you love to see. But in Seattle was a mess. Charbs. Was like he got the work, was inefficient, but more so is that all three wide receivers weren't good, uh, great. But I really want to see what you guys think about JSN because I love his long term potential, but I just don't think he's helping anyone this year. No, not this year. Yeah, and I think Geno Smith has kind of taken a step back, which is a big part of it. So you're just not seeing the production from DK Lockett and JSN. So we'll see what happens next year, but yeah, this year is probably kind of over for them. Yeah, I don't think the NFL did Seahawks any favors with their schedule. I mean, you go 49ers. I think they have Dallas, right? Yep. I mean, do they have 49ers again next week? I, I think they have them again before the end of the season. I want to say it was like like two like three weeks they had like the 49ers. I mean, and I mean, Gino is not like the quarterback you want in general. I mean, but yeah, I, there's a lot of divisional games where you play the same team in like a three week period. Like I know it's the Texans and the um, Titans have that. I know the Giants, and the Eagles have that, which is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a. Uh, Playing against the 49ers, is, you're not going to have a good statistical day. So that you understand, like, a lot of those players' stat lines are going to be, uh, you know, reduced a bit. But uh, it's more – okay. Yeah. Well, after after this, this – After yeah. this brutal stretch of San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco, they get Philadelphia, whose um, passing defense is not great at, this, at the moment, and then Tennessee and Pittsburgh. So they have, a, they have an okay – passing schedule yeah but i don't i don't know that that signals good things to come for jsn without injury and and like i'm 
all in on JSN as a prospect. I think if he was in an offense, like if he was getting the opportunities that Jordan Addison was getting, he would be putting up the same exact numbers. And uh, he's been just as impressive with the opportunities he's had. The problem is he's got two really good receivers ahead of him. He's the probably fourth option in the offense. Yeah, I mean, he made one amazing catch in that game, but I think that's really what's coming down. People thought he was just going to supplant uh, Lockett, I, I think was like the – because Lockett's older, and Lockett's got staying power. Um, and we'll see what happens in the offseason with that wide receiver room, but until until Lockett moves on or ages out, like JSN's up, upside is going to be limited, I think. They have years left. I think Lockett's got two more years left. One year, two years left on his deal, and then they can cut him. They have an out after one after one year for less dead cap hit. But and Metcalf just signed, so like they, they have a yeah. they have. He's it's. I've been trying like Sluder knows. I've literally had spent like <laughs> two months trying to acquire him, and unsuccessfully. But because I'm in on the talent, but every time I want to like bump my offer up, I, I go to, you know, Spotrack and I look at the contract situation for Lockett and Metcalf. And I'm just like, yeah. these guys stay healthy. It could be a while. Yeah, exactly. Like I, the talent's undeniable, but situation does matter. And then quarterbacks, it's going to be up in the air in Seattle in the near future too. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but for a quarterback that won't be going anywhere any. I, at least in the near future, but the quarterback that did leave, Frank Wright was, is out in Carolina. Um, I mean, that team is one of the worst-looking teams I've seen in a while, uh, especially with a number one overall uh, pick. It, I mean, obviously, you don't expect the rookies to be uh, amazing out of the gate, but I don't know. Maybe it is the coaching, but it's hard to imagine how bad Bryce Young would be. But that whole offense just fell apart, especially this past week. Dillon's did nothing. He went one for two. <laughs> Yard Sanders. Uh, had 28 yards, and how many carries do you think that was? 15. He's getting a lot of work, and he's, he just stinks. Um, and Mingo, he flashed a little bit, but he also really ran out of bounds when he could have cut a ball. So, like, I don't know. Things are just a mess there. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just terrible to see uh, that happen to a young quarterback. But what do you, what do you guys thought? Do you think things are going to improve for Bryce without uh, Frank Wright or what? I think it's going to take some time. Like you said, I think it's kind of a, a whole team issue here. Like Thielen, you know, kind of came out of nowhere and was the wide receiver one and was having huge fantasy days. But the reality is he's not someone you really want as your wide receiver one right now. So that coupled with Sanders just not being good and Mingo being the only other real option there, uh, I think is going to hold him back for a little bit. But hopefully it helps and he turns it around a little bit and then can have a more productive year two. I think it's even worse. They don't even have a first round pick this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cool, right? Yeah. They, they got to go into free agency and have to get a guy like a T Higgins or someone over there to help uh, Bryce or something, but it is brutal there. And, and also if you own Thielen, especially with the head coach being out there, you don't know what the offense is now going to look like. He was being featured early on. They made a change with the who play caller. So his value might be drying up. Uh, with his age. So we'll see. And he, I think he's younger than us. So that's like weird to say. Um, but also another big game, uh, not a fun one exactly to watch was the Steelers Bengals. Um, I think this was the first time the Steelers had 400 yards of offense in like over two and a half years or something like that, which is just a crazy stat to say. I think it was the longest one, but the biggest uh, winner out of that game was Pat Fryermuth. And Muth is Luth. He got back. Um, 
I don't know. We're obviously a tight end premium league. I want to see how high you guys are kind of viewing uh, Fryer Muth going forward. So the Bengals uh, this year, for whatever reason, I have no idea. I don't know when I was alerted to this. It was at some point when I was doing like research before a, a primetime game, trying to decide who to put in my parlay. But apparently they have like a historically terrible defense against the tight end. So I kind of like I, ha- I had the thought like, oh, you know, maybe this would be a week for Friday move. I'm 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 high on him, but I want to I want to see it another time or two beyond just the uh, against the Bengals, because I, I kind of had a thought going into that game that it might be a good opportunity. And they literally threw it to him on the first pass of the game for like 30 yards up the seam. And it was kind of just like, all right, well, clearly their coaching is aware that this team can't cover the tight end because they're going <laughs> to him right away. They threw the ball yeah. to him like twice over the last two weeks. Uh, so I think, I mean, he's great. He's been great for even earlier this season before he got hurt. You know, he had a couple big games, a couple big touchdown passes, uh, receptions. So not not incredibly high on him at the moment, right? I wouldn't say like top five. Top, but like you know, maybe maybe like in the eight to ten range. I like that. I'm with it. Um, also, other players that stepped up was uh, Najee Harris. Actually, had a, a good game. Warren had a fumble. He's a you know, if you listen to pod, you know I love Warren, but that was not his best game. Um, and from the Bengals side, it is just kind of a mess there. Uh, the Steelers obviously won that. I, I, I know. Joey, you were thinking they weren't going to be a playoff team. I just don't see how they aren't a playoff team with their schedule. But Chase, if you look at the box score, seemed like he had an okay game, 4 for 81. If you watch the game, there were two two of those four catchers were off a of tip passes by the defender that like he just made a crazy play and somehow caught. You're just like, how is this happening? But get one of those in a game is crazy. He had two of that. So that was like half his yardage. Uh, so you, you got to be worried if you're relying on Chase for your playoff run right now. Yeah, I mean, really, any Bengals, I mean, no Joe Burrow, that team's obviously going to take a massive hit. So you, you probably don't want to be relying anyone on that team for the fantasy playoffs. Even the rush game was abysmal, which was pretty crazy. I think Joe Mixon, I think, had like less than 25 yards on the ground, which is crazy. Pittsburgh is good, though. Division game. I, yeah. I think that there's the possibility that they, that they could do something. I don't, I don't know what their schedule's like down the stretch, but... Ideally, uh, I kind of had we kind of had like a feeling it was gonna wasn't gonna be the best for Jake Browning going yeah. against Pittsburgh in his first in his first start. Yeah, but someone coming back in their first start in a while that had a great day is uh, Joey's man. I'll let you take it away. It was Kyron Williams. Yeah, Kyron Williams looked absolutely incredible. He had 143 yards on the ground. He had. How many yards receiving? 60-something yards receiving? Over 200 yards from scrimmage for the game? Three two touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, two touchdowns. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he was he was incredible. And it's – it's. I my expectations were low because a lot of times you see these guys come back and from injury in, like, the first game. It's like I, – I should we probably should have read the tea leaves when they uh, cut – Daryl Henderson, yeah, or they even saw Kyron Williams take a snap that they felt pretty good about how he was looking. Um, they yeah. took his time with him too because they had the buy, so like I think he had like an extra week or two to get back, so he was clearly healthy. 
yeah, he's awesome. And the offense fits him perfectly. And as the season has progressed early in the season, I thought it was going to be more of like a flash in the pan type of situation. But as the season progresses, I'm more and more confident that he this, this might be something that he can replicate uh, or carry into next year. Yeah, I mean, obviously I've been a major skeptic. And after this game, um, I I don't think they're moving away from him after this season personally. Uh, and he, I've never thought he was uh, looked that good on the field. He looked fast. The Cards D sucks. Uh, so maybe it was just their slow defenders. But he was just like blown past defenders. So I was like, I don't remember Kyron being able to do this. Um, and it helped Stafford, who's like, if you're going to the playoffs, Stafford's like was a cheap quarterback. He threw for four touchdowns, two to Kyron, and two to who? Tyler Higby, who hadn't had a touchdown all season. So if you're a Puka or a Cooper Cup owner, you were very disappointed in what was a plus, plus, plus matchup. Yeah, the, the Cooper Cup situation is... Headache. It doesn't look like a great one. No. Every no. time he gets tackled, he go, he's like, he stays down. It, eh, it's tough. Yeah, and then on the other side, I mean, Kyler looked okay. He had a rushing touchdown. Hollywood started to get the target share, and Trey McBride is easily the most reliable, I think, option in uh, Arizona. And looking like an upper half uh, tight end one right now because uh, someone you know who's going to get the work, get enough catches, and has the upside of a touchdown every single week. So that, that's exciting to see that that's continuing each single week here. Arizona as a team I think looks good. I'm happy to see what I see from Kyler. I think they currently have the number two pick. So if number one ends up being a quarterback in some capacity, either the Bears trade to somebody else or the Bears decide to take a quarterback and the Cardinals end up potentially with Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe they decide to just stick it out with Kyler and add Marvin Harrison. I think that would be pretty awesome. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, definitely looks good there, but doesn't look as good as what's going in in Dallas. Um, I think uh, I know Matt pre-show we were talking about uh, looking for Dak in the DK line. That wasn't an option there, uh, but he is he's going to win people leagues this year, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, especially in our Albany league, uh, Ryan <laughs> Dak trade, huh? Yeah, he's coming out like a bandit in that. <laughs> that Dak trade worked out for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's looked unbelievable, throwing four touchdowns like multiple times it, in the last couple of weeks. Two picks, eighteen touchdowns and two picks in the last like some like five or six games. It's like something ridiculous. And his his schedules doesn't get hard ever the rest of the year. He's got uh, Seattle this week, horrible defense. He's got Philly, horrible secondary. And he's got Buffalo. We saw that just get lit up by Hurts. You got Miami, who obviously gets lit up and has a ton of points there, especially if it's a good team. Then you get the Lions, who have a horrible secondary. They got lit up by Jordan Love. And then even to close out the year in Week 18, where we're not playing, it's the Commanders, who's stinky defense. Like, it's going to be insane at the end of the year. He's just He might be the QB1 to close out the season. To be fair, the Dolphins did just shut out the Jets, but, you know. Yes. Well, Tim Boyle, I think, did throw a touchdown on them. So, if you're going to let Tim Boyle throw a TD on you, maybe – maybe be the wrong way as well, so. That's true. But do you know how many games Zach Wilson did not throw a touchdown? And uh, <laughs> you have arguably a worse quarterback throwing one against you, which I, I guess – I mean, talk about that game. That – if you own, even if you own Brees Hall, I don't know how you're feeling right now because like on the ground he hasn't eclipsed 
over 50 yards. I think he had 51 time, but he hasn't gone over 50 yards since week five on the ground. He's getting a lot of work in the passing game, which is propping up his value. But it is just rough having any pieces of that offense in your team where you had such high hopes. I mean, we mentioned Rodgers is coming back. Who knows if it's going to save you at all. But it's rough there. And obviously, when you play against the Dolphins, like I, I just always want to say this. Every single week with Tyreek, he has one at least one play where he's like, does something that no one else can do. And he's the most consistently unstoppable player I think I've ever seen. The guy is just insane, uh, which is not fair. Even though the Jets' defense is good, he still just got his. Yeah, I mean, Tyreek's pretty expensive on DK this week. and uh, Worth it. That's all Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of foreshadowing the DK lineup, Dave, I want to get a uh, temperature check from you real quick on the commanders. You talked about that Dallas game mm-hmm. and the offense has looked funky, if you will, for lack of a better word, the last two weeks for last two weeks ago against the Giants. I, I don't know if that's just a thing where they just don't play well against the Giants. And then last week in Dallas, that's probably what we're going to chalk it up to mm-hmm. uh but sam howell confidence level still high yeah i mean I, i'm not worried about sam howell at all I, it, the giants because like this happened early in the year that was one of the other wins that the giants had uh and i think the matt started the giants just seemed to have their number like how was co- coming in blazing played the giants and put up a stinker the, and then after that was amazing then gets to the giants and put up a stinker the, I, I think it's just the defensive scheme somehow gets to howell and he can't figure it out and then the Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the entire league. They're arguably like top three, if not the, the best defense. Um, and I mean, they have one guy who I think is broke the record for pick sixes in a season. I think he has like six, which is crazy. Um, but he still threw for 300 yards and he didn't throw for a touchdown. He needed to throw one pick, but he rushed one in. Um, so I'm not overly concerned. It is a weird offense picking your shot from like a pass catcher receipt uh, option because they just spread the ball so much. Like Curtis Samuel was the lead this time. Um, and I mean, Dotson and T- uh, Terry McLaurin were still okay, but yeah, they just, it's, it's pretty crazy that he can, and I'm, I'm impressed from a quarterback perspective because he's not just like honing in one player. He's like actually reading the field and picking the open guy. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like Howell. I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to be great. Um, but as a owner of any of the pass catchers, like there's a lot of upside, but the floor is low. Yeah, no consistency there. But I, I still believe it. I don't know if you uh, if you guys agree. Or if I just have a rose colored uh, lenses that I'm looking at him through. <laughs> I think it's going to depend on the coaching staff next year, right? I mean. I don't think the enemies really helped himself by leaving Kansas City to try to get a head coaching job. And I think Rivera's gone. I mean, they're probably going to do an overhaul of the whole front office and everything. And you never know, a new coach, they could be like, all right, let's go trade up and get a quarterback. And Sam Howell could be looking for a job. And I'm sure he will get a job. I mean, Desmond Ritter's a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. Tim Boyle's a quarterback. I'm just That's right. definitely get a job somewhere. I don't think they'd move away from Howie yet. I think the coaching staff would still give him a chance because he he's done great this year. He's still young. Uh, he's on a rookie contract, so like that's the other thing. Like he hasn't played bad enough where you'd be concerned about his play yet, and he's cheap. I think 
if he was bad next year with the new coaching uh, staff, then yes, he would be out the door uh, potentially. But hey, we get it. You love him. Like I love him. <laughs> I mean, I, I was made. He's basically a rookie. Like, imagine if you drafted a rookie playing like Sam Howell, you'd be so pumped. He played one game last year. Um, Sam Howell. I mean, jeez. Dude, were, he cut. If, if you were looking at uh, mock drafts uh, going into uh, two seasons ago, like people were thinking he was going to be a first-rounder, uh, potentially. He slipped very far. I don't really understand it, but I, he looks great, in my opinion. I don't know. but Why don't we talk about a rookie QB that actually looks great? DeVito. DeVito. He's winning games. <laughs> I wish he wouldn't, but he is. <laughs> yeah. Just won two in a row. Yeah. The tailgate. That was pretty awesome. I yeah. know. I love the family stuff. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's the only game we haven't talked about, obviously, probably because it was such a bad game. But uh, you know, not yeah. a lot of fantasy goodness to be had there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unless you're looking for uh, guys that may be losing their jobs soon. Um, but yeah, Giants win two in a row. You got to be pumped, Dave. I mean, it's it's a fun story. It's just that it's so hard to get a top pick as a giant uh, fan. But yeah. whatever. I mean, technically, I guess they're in the playoff hunt. Um, I don't know. In that game, really, the only thing to take away, in my opinion, is the running backs from Andre and Zeke are the only potentially valuable options in New England. And Hyatt, which, for, again, someone who I may be talking about later, um, showing some flashes there. And I'm, I'm – pretty excited about what i'm seeing out of there but other than that it's just like why now why like i i just started looking at like caleb versus drake may and they start winning immediately i'm like you gotta be did i do this did i jinx my team so i don't i don't know don't love it (laughs) i think personally that these other organizations are a little bit better at tactfully losing than the giants like I just think, yeah. I think like that the other like, side of the field. Yeah, like, yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> Belichick definitely said, "You better not hit this kick." Yeah, rub like, some baby oil on that football before like you. They would just it. they would just move the ball into Giants territory, and then uh, Mac Jones would throw the most horrendous, disgusting interception. Like getting a little bit of pressure, like just throws it directly to a Giants DB, and I'm just like, it just. As he's coming out for that kick, it's like this random schmuck that I've never heard of before. I'm like, there's no possible way this guy's hitting this kick. And yanks it six feet to the left. Like, like, I, I don't know. I just you can't you can't convince me that the the Patriots were trying to win that game. They're too savvy of an organization. Like I'm sure Kraft was telling Belichick one way or another, we have done a lot for you. You better lose every single game. <laughs> Look as good as you can. For the first forty-five minutes, but lose. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and just to close out the last two games that were the primetime games, uh, the Chargers—they can't win. Um, the, Justin Herbert and Keen Allen are doing everything they can, literally everything. Keen Allen had fourteen receptions for one hundred six, and it's not enough. Uh, but the Ravens look great, but that's not uh, translating to success always for Lamar Jackson there, who's putting up kind of average games. Um, but this time we actually did see a big showing from Flowers. He, Zay Flowers there. He uh, took an unnecessary uh, touchdown to the house for 37 yards to close of the game. It's like, just go down and the game's over. But, you know, the rookie wanted his uh, his stats there. Um, but wanted to uh, get your thoughts on the Chargers offense overall. How do you feel about Lamar maybe? And Eckler, who doesn't really look that strong in the past couple of games. And uh, I'm feeling like that cliff might be coming. 
Yeah, I feel like we talked about the Chargers a little bit on the last podcast, Dave, and how mm-hmm. Herbert's having a great season. I think he was QB3 when we looked at it last week, and it's just not translating to real wins for them, which is kind of crazy. Um, but Very Bills-esque. <laughs> yeah, honestly, they're kind of having a Bills-type season where for from a fantasy perspective, they've been great if you have the studs there, but from a real-life perspective, they're just not winning games. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you have Keenan, you love the volume, but it's uh, it's tough if you're a, a fan for the Chargers. And just to close out the section, uh, just because we have to, we have to talk about it, guys, even if it hurts us. The Monday Night Football game was gross. It was very, very, very gross. Uh, somehow the Bears won, didn't score a touchdown, but Field has Fields had a couple moments, but he had two bad fumbles, uh, and then also looked lost at other times. DJ Moore somehow still had a like eleven for like hundred and fourteen yards or something like that. It was a crazy stat. Um, and Cole Komet looked all right, but I don't, I don't know what your guys' uh, feeling on Fields is moving forward. And then Dobbs had easily the worst game after what's been a storybook uh, season so far for him. He had four interceptions, but still almost won the game. But what were your guys' takeaways from one of the worst Monday Night Football games I've seen in a while? You know, uh, a couple of those interceptions from Dobbs were tipped. Like at, a, at like I think actually two of them. I mean, granted, he <clears throat> there was one where he like put it on Jordan Addison's face right as he yeah. was like bre- breaking in on a route, and it's just probably had too much zip on it. But I'm willing to let it slide. I, me personally, with yeah. with Josh Dobbs, I'd be rolling him right back out there if I had him as quarterback on my team. It was a disgusting game. I'm interested to see what Chicago does with Justin Fields too, to be totally honest, because he looks functional. He'll, they could trade him for, excuse me. They could trade him for quite a ransom. If you ask me like a lot of one of these quarterback needy teams, maybe even like Carol and maybe not Carol. (laughs) One of these quarterback needy teams is going to go out there and give him a lot of money. If he becomes available, like imagine him on like Pittsburgh or so like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh would, would, be in contention for the number one seed in the AFC if they had somebody as competent as Justin Fields playing quarterback for them. So, what about Atlanta? He, I think he's from Atlanta. I would like Atlanta. I would. That would be nice too. Run first team. Yeah, That's what he does. Yeah. So uh, he's going to be great for someone. Ah, uh, sorry. He's going to be great for fantasy for someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hopefully, yes. Uh, hopefully he's great in actual football too. But. Uh, for fantasy, the production is guaranteed. It's the same thing with Kyler Murray, right? Like, I don't think either of them are winning a Super Bowl, but they'll they'll be solid fantasy performers. Yeah, I feel like I've talked about Fields a lot. I've kind of been down on him. Obviously, from a fantasy perspective, he's a good quarterback to have. But I don't know. If I was the Bears, I almost would do what Joe's saying, trade him away for a ton right now while you can and kind of go from there. And then on the other side of the ball, Dobbs, Storybook story, you know, had one bad game, hopefully bounces back and still gets to finish out the season. But regardless, I think he's played himself into some type of playing time next year somewhere, even if it's not on the Vikings. Nice. Well, with that, we're going to move into our next section. So as I mentioned, uh, our uh, trade deadline actually passed in our Dynasty uh, League. And with that, we kind of want to do a postmortem on some of the trades that we actually saw go down in our league and kind of, you know, now that we have some hindsight, see which trades we really liked during the year, what players that maybe uh, we thought now looking back 
look like they're steals because their value has appreciated or players that people targeted that have kind of flopped. Because this is what you're doing when you're doing uh, making trades. You're kind of calling your shot. You're hoping to get in on a player and, and seeing them ascend. Um, and doesn't always work out. We've all made good trades. We've all made bad trades. So we're just going to go through, kind of talk it through. But with that being said, uh, I'm going to toss it over to uh, toss it over to you, Rye, first. What was your favorite trade of uh, this past season? Yeah, so I went with the trade between Harrison and Dan and Scott Rapizzati at the time. Uh, I thought it was a very fair trade. They traded uh, Bryce Hall and uh, 2024 third-round pick for Geno Smith, Keenan Allen, and a 2024 second round pick. And I thought it was a good move. I, you know, Scott, kind of a huge win now piece with Keenan Allen, although it doesn't look like it's going to pay off. Scott's kind of on the verge of missing the playoffs, but had he made the playoffs, it would have been a huge move. And then Harrison and Dan got a valuable dynasty RB for next year, knowing they were already done this year. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Hall hasn't looked great, but I think the Jets overall have just looked terrible. So I think it's more of a, a team thing than really a Hall thing. So I think he'll bounce back at some point and be available running back going forward. So I thought it was a pretty fair trade. I liked it for both teams. And uh, who knows? Maybe it still works out for Scott. Yeah. I mean, I love Bree. I'm not worried about Bree. I think he's still a top five dynasty running back. Um, and the fact that he got a uh, second round pick, which should be a pretty early pick, uh, I think is also a pretty good asset for him to get back since I don't think he has any first. So that, that was a, a nice get for him. But got to appreciate it when players in our league go for it. Um, but that, that was a good match of someone who's given up this year and someone else is trying to still win it, even though it didn't pay off. What about uh, Maddie, our guest? Uh, here today who what was your favorite trade so mine was uh between uh the wilts and joey it was uh mike evans and romeo dobbs for croak dogs first round pick i mean i think this is similar to like what ryan did it said with the, with the with the scotch trade it's just the team that's trying to get assets to try and win a championship you know mike evans i mean was he going for his 10th consecutive year of over a thousand yards i think he's at like 860 or something like that and I mean, what do you have? Two touchdowns last week. Also, it's going towards Ryan's almost 200 points for the week. <laughs> almost. Dobbs is so close. Good. Yeah, so close. <laughs> he's a, Romeo Dobbs is a nice young player. I mean, I feel like he's got a little boomer bust in him a little bit. You know, maybe the consistency issues. But I mean, he's still like, I mean, he still puts up decent points, especially like in a week where you got like a apocalypse like we got this week. I mean, he's just an easily plug plug in guy. Um. I mean, Joey gets the draft capital he needs. I mean, for I mean, it's it was the right move. Evans, a y- older player, and you know, he had to sweeten it a little bit with a younger player like Dobbs. But I mean, you end up getting a first round pick out of it. And you know, Crope is one of those teams that's like on the fringe of making the playoffs, and maybe he won't make the playoffs. I mean, he that first round pick could be either bottom six or top six. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like right there. And I know Joey, I think in two pods ago, was rooting for everyone to be. <laughs> by the way, you're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah i mean to me that was my favorite trade and i mean it was one that made sense for both sides altogether 
Yeah, and I'll jump in because Joey made two back-to-back trades, and I'll let you, Joe, uh, discuss a little bit more because you did these in tandem, and I think it was a, a great uh, move overall. I think it, there was like, what, 30 minutes or less that occurred between yeah. them. Um, but you also traded, Joey, you acquired uh, Michael Pittman in 2024 fourth, and you traded with Mike Kaffer and Mike Williams. Uh, you traded away Jacoby Myers, Russell Wilson, and the 2024 third. Um, and again, this is... Uh, what I love in dynasty trades like this, where you see one team that like is more going for the rebuild and another team that no is going for it this year and needs assets and they needed a quarterback bad. So Russell Wilson was a clear need there. Um, and Michael Pittman to me was a great, great target uh, for really any team, but especially one that is looking to rebuild. Cause I think he is a top 15 wide receiver and like the past couple weeks, you start seeing the upside out of that, especially this past week. Um, he's getting a ton of work there. He looks great. Um, he potentially even becoming like a wide receiver one overall in dynasty. So uh, I thought it was a great trade. The picks just to even it out, like you throw in later picks, it doesn't really matter at that point, but it, it just makes people feel better about the, the trade overall. And Jacoby Myers did step up this week. So there is potential that he could help the, the, uh, the mics get through in the, um, to the playoff rounds. But I think it was a savvy move for both teams, uh, but I love, especially when you put the two trades in tandem for you, uh, for Joe. I like uh, like we did. Yeah, you know, um, it's kind of worked out, right? Where you see Pittman. I mean, Pittman's Pittman's had a strong season most of the way, but Russ Russ has really uh, put it together. I mean, obviously yeah. the team's on like a five or six game winning streak. They're probably the hottest team in the league and he's been playing really well. He's not throwing interceptions. So it seems like he's kind of settled into the offense and he's on that long contract. There were a little bit of concerns early in the year. Like, will he get benched? What's going to happen? Is Sean Payton going to end up? But at this point you kind of feel pretty good about Russ. He'll probably be, uh, I mean, at least, at least from from with how he's playing right now, you f- you feel pretty confident in uh, in his outlook. And yeah, I mean, for me, it was let's 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 just tr- try and capitalize on some of Jacoby Myers, who I thought was maybe a little bit of a sell high, although he's still putting up big weeks like he did this week. Uh, try and get somebody who's young and with uh, a little more future future upside, and similar to uh, Russ. Mike Evans has been, I mean, Mike Evans, again, has has looked pretty good all season, but past couple of weeks, he's really been getting it done for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he's been on well. fire. Um, and it's funny, we talk about Crope Dog's pick. I, I just realized as I was kind of like evaluating the standings either today or last night, uh, my team had like an unusually strong week and knocked uh, beat Schluter, right? Yep. Knocked Schluter back to six and six. Which, in retrospect, kind of sucks because if I had lost, right, like Schluter goes to seven and five, and he's another person who's in contention to potentially hold Crope out of the playoffs, right? Crope's at seven and five. <laughs> if Scott had won last week, he would have been six and six. If I had, if I had thrown the match to Schluter, he would have been seven and five. You never really want to like just th- th- uh, do a little bit of a tank ski against somebody who's in your division, but. Yeah, you know, I was just like, oh, God, if only I had just lost, <laughs> only I had just lost the Schluter, the likelihood that Crope would have uh, been in the bottom six would have been at least some percentage points higher right now. But we'll see yeah. what happens the next two weeks. I think I think you play Crope this week, so I, I do, but I, I don't have a full lineup, which I'm not feeling great about because he's yeah. he's got a uh, Tyreek going against the Commanders, uh, which is terrifying. A little uh, up. We'll see. Maybe you won't play. 
Oh, yeah, maybe. I need HN to come back. I have no Hawkinson, so I think I'm rolling out Chig. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't love what I, the options I got this week. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, the other thing about your uh, your team, too, it's funny, because uh, you made some of these trades, and as we mentioned, Bajon's coming. Your team is actually scary now uh, going in. Like, you almost beat me last week, and you didn't have Bajon or Pittman, which I was like, this is uh, very serendipitous here. Uh, so, your division, even though you got a low record, the trades you've made are win for the future, but they certainly help you this year too. So it's yep. going to be a battle. But Joe, what was your favorite trade? Yeah, so for me, I think the most interesting trade uh, was probably the, the two Chris Olave moves that took place in a span of seven or eight days. I think this is interesting mostly because, you know, you don't really see top dynast- uh, top wide receivers – Get, get traded frequently in Dynasty at, at all, right? Just because they're such high-value assets. But Olave managed to get traded twice in seven days and first got acquired by Team Clark along with a first-round pick for Diggs, um, Pierce, and Rasheed Rice. So, I mean, honestly, like, looking at that trade, I mean, obviously now we can look back with a little bit of retrospect and we know that Rasheed Rice is has blossomed a bit mm-hmm. since then. Um, Damian Pierce has, hasn't been so great. And even Diggs probably was better in the first half of the season than he has been the last couple of weeks. But I look at that trade as a huge win. That initial trade is a huge win for Team Clark, right, to acquire Chris Olave and a first for, you know, obviously Diggs. Diggs is great, but he's on the older side, right? You don't, mm-hmm. you don't even know if he's going to be in Buffalo next year. So I like that. I thought it was kind of a steal for him, but then ended up trading him a week later to Dave. Uh, you know, Dave, fucking Dave, just like that's right, baby. Hoodwinked him. No, <laughs> <laughs> now uh, traded to Dave for a couple of uh, more solid depth pieces. Uh, I think, uh, and and J.K. Dobbins' corpse, which mm-hmm. we've talked about a couple times. <laughs> they they added that in. I didn't even offer. That. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Get this guy off my." Uh, they no, wanted. I was like, "Yeah, sure." Him. <laughs> <laughs> Take him. <laughs> but but if you put these two into if you put these two pieces together, then it ends up being uh, Pierce. Diggs, Pierce, Rice, and two firsts. Oh, sorry, for two firsts, Lockett and Judy, right? I'm not even going to include J.K. Dobbs in, in the spoils because I may as well just drop it. Right <laughs> Diggs, Pierce, and Rice for two firsts, Lockett and Judy, which is still good, right? Like, that's that's still, like, a good outcome, I think, for Team Clark. It's, I don't think it's as good as if they had just kept Olave, but still, right? Like, you know, I think, uh, I think net-net, those are two interesting trades. And involves three teams, and uh, I do think the second trade um, where you grabbed Olave was a good buy low on a really valuable asset. I, he had Chris Olave had a couple tough weeks in the middle of the season where Derek Carr looked terrible, and uh, you just kind of like there was a little bit of a the the public opinion was was swaying a bit, and I, and I feel like he kind of capitalized there. Um, but yeah, those super interesting trades, uh, I thought they were all pretty fair and, um, yeah, that's, that's the, that, those are the kind of blockbusters that you like to see. So yeah, there was definitely fireworks and on the Alava, I think I was texting you on the side, like right after it, uh, I was like getting very antsy. I was trying to get Alave from Schluter. It wasn't happening. And then when they went to Clark, I was like, all right, 
new blood has no idea of how hard I've been trying to get Olave uh, with it. And he, and he had another bad week. And I was actually playing the Clarks, uh, Clarks Hollis that week. So I was like, I don't want to play against Olave because I think he's going to blow up. But also I was like, this is, the, in my opinion, like the last chance to maybe get uh, Olave. Because as you mentioned, these type of players are not usually available. And I think this is like the most attainable he'll ever be. So... I went hard. I was like, uh, we got to make this work. I got to get this guy. <laughs> yeah. Good moves. Very good moves. Yeah. Um, moving on, though. But as we mentioned, and we kind of talked about some of this, is just some of these players that are appreciating in value since the trades. And I know we were talking about a lot of this, so I'm going to leave this over to you, Matt. But, like, what are some players that you think since the trade have kind of rose in value? So, uh, so mine actually was – I mean, originally I had um, – Josh Dobbs, and after Monday night's game, I kind of switched that to Chris Olave. Um, I love it. (laughs) I mean, when you look at Olave, I mean, it's crazy. Like, last year, he probably should have been rookie of the year, right, had he not gotten all the injuries. And then he gets Derek Carr compared to Andy Dalton. Who would have thought Andy Dalton would have been a better quarterback for Chris Olave than uh, Derek Carr? But um, it seems like Jameis Winston now has shown the blueprint what to do with Olave, throw it in his area, in the area that he is, and Chris Olave will make a play on the ball. And Derek Carr obviously does the same thing and gets him a concussion because he <laughs> throws the ball drastically. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if you, the last two weeks, I mean, he had 18.4 points. Then last week he had 14.9 points. And I'm pretty sure he exited pretty early, right, with the concussion? Yeah, he, he had a huge first half. He had, like, almost 100 yards in the first half, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, or it was, like, the early second half. I mean, he literally still had half a game left, and he was over 100 yards. Um, and then if he can play this week, I mean, he plays Detroit, which is a very not a great defense. And uh, that's probably going to be one of those games where they're going to – it's going to be a, probably – could be a shootout, right? Mm-hmm. After that, it's Carolina. So, I mean, you're looking at the last two two weeks of the regular season division matchups with Chris Ovalave, if he can play. I mean, hope, I mean, if he can, it is what it is. But if he can, I mean, you're looking at two pretty juicy matchups for Chris Olave. And, I mean, the overall trade when you got him, I mean – Lockett and Judy, I mean, Judy, who knows? Lockett's getting old. JK, no legs, like uh, you guys are saying. And uh, <laughs> really, uh, <laughs> is he going to play, JK? Yeah. <laughs> no, if you, I mean, he's, he's working out with Aaron Rodgers, so who knows? He might be back by week 17. Uh, but <laughs> you really got him for a 2020. You really got Olave for a 2024 first and second rounder. I mean, if you really think about where you're picking, I mean, you're the number one in the league. I mean, you could potentially have a buy. So right off the bat, you're talking about your first round pick would be a bottom four pick, right? I mean, if you said if you said to anyone, oh, I'm going to pick at number eight, like that would be the best case scenario, right? And you'd be like, I'm going to get a Chris Olave at number eight. I mean, you would take that any day of the week, oh, yeah. right? And Big just, time. Really, that's the way I looked at it. It was, it was a first and second. The second was kind of almost a sweetener at the time because, I mean, Olave was not playing well. And I actually was shocked when Schluter traded him because we tried to get him for a while. And, like, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth. But he seemed pretty adamant that he wasn't going to trade him. I mean, the trade he got for him, I mean, I get it. He likes Rasheed Rice. I mean, it was a good trade. And I was just like, wow, he actually traded him. And then a week later, I was like, damn. I was like, who would have thought Chris Olave would have been traded twice in, like, a week? It was pretty wild. But, I mean, for me, he's, like, the guy on the rise right now. And especially with a juicy matchup. I mean, he could be—he could win you the division if he plays. Like I said, 
I need him to. Uh, so <laughs> let's hope so. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, your points against is gonna probably. Make you <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. My I gotta my my team plays great day. <laughs> uh, uh, but those are your two top uh, top assets, right? Yeah, exactly. Points against. Everyone should play, do as well with points against as I do. It's, it's, it's everyone else's fault, not me. Um, <laughs> but uh, Joe, what about you? What player did you think was on the rise that's been traded? Yeah, it's still probably. It's still probably Josh Dobbs for me. I just think that um, he's been pretty functional all year. And I think he's done enough where even if Minnesota moves on, he probably finds an opportunity with another team. He's been rushing. He's had a couple. He had two rushing touchdowns. Has two rushing touchdowns already for Minnesota. Um, and I think he got him. I think he was acquired for a 2026 third, right? It was like yeah, really second. 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 But- I and when that went down, I didn't realize it was 2026 until like a week later, and that <laughs> trade just still makes me laugh because like it it just points out how wrong you could be on like the initial trade. Like I was like, "What are you trading for Dobbs on? The guy's not going to play anymore." And lo and behold, he gets traded and was doing great again. So what yeah, what a trade! Exactly why we traded him. We were like, "Tyler's coming back." The yeah. Cardinal said we're not trading him, and Dan and I were like, "Well." We'll get anything for him, and if even if it's a twenty twenty six second, like whatever, we'll throw it out there. It's Scott, and again, Scott needed a quarterback, and yeah, you know, with Tannehill early in the season, we were like, all right, want another quarterback? Here you go. And, I'll tell you what, in twenty at the end, like the middle to the end of next season, you're going to be like, oh yeah, we got a nice extra second. Yeah, round. Right. <laughs> send that out for some stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> see what it turns into. I mean, at the time, it definitely made sense, and that's why we're talking about him here because. You know, his value has just risen so much since the trade happened. And he's a starting quarterback now. Could potentially, you know, be a starting quarterback somewhere next year. So kind of crazy yeah, how it looked, worked out. It looked like a, looked like a one-week fill-in that yeah. now has multiple weeks fill-in, which, yeah, crazy, crazy. But that's dynasty for you. But right, Alex, what about you? What player is on the rise that you saw was traded? Well, I had him as well. Um, and then the... The other guy I had, Dave, I know you're going to talk about. I'll just mention him quick. But we talked about Rasheed Rice already. Uh, just had a huge game. Looking like he could probably be that wide receiver one in Kansas City now. So, uh, you know, at the time he was traded, I think he was more of like a throw-in. But now it, it's looking like he might actually be one of the more valuable assets in that whole trade. Yeah, I, I think he might be the highlight for, uh, uh, for Schluter in that trade now because he – he looked great. He, he he's looked explosive. He has flashed, and after this week, he I think he had double digit targets for the first time this season. Um, and someone needs to take over as wide receiver one in that on that team. Like just anyone, please anyone, someone do it. Um, and Rasheed Rice looks like the best option there. Um, so like to get him in as a throw in, like yeah, you traded away a top uh, wide receiver, but Schluter's going for it this year. So I, I get the trade, and I think. I think it was a fair trade at the time, but getting Rashid Rice has really made it uh, look like a much stronger haul for for Schluter there. So I've been high on him. I, I tried to also peek at him uh, a little bit post that trade as well to get uh, Rice, but even he was high on Rice from the start, so that was that wasn't going to happen. But I thought that was a great great nab. But there's obviously there's a few steals there, but there's a lot more flops because you know you take a shot, not everything pays out there. So. Talk about some of the players that uh, maybe didn't pan out well. And uh, Ryan, I'll let you start off because uh, you got a couple funny ones. 
Yeah, the one I just have to mention is Zach Wilson, just because he was <laughs> the timing traded. could have been better. <laughs> yeah, the timing again. He was traded and then literally benched within, I think it was like a day or two, you know, yeah. of the trade happening. Yeah, so, yeah, I think the trade happened like Sunday morning, and he was benched <laughs> like midday. <laughs> yeah, so just real unfortunate timing uh, there, but it was only a third round pick, so uh, hopefully he didn't end up giving too much, but. Uh, he'd be untradeable right now. So great, great timing um, for, of that trade. And then another one that Schluter is involved in, we traded with him uh, preseason, Madison and Stevenson. Uh, coincidentally, they were both in that same trade, but at the time you thought you were getting a solid starting RB with at least some like top 15 upside from either one. Both have underperformed drastically. Madison's the RB28 and had tons of fumble problems. And, you know, Ty Chandler is almost taking over there now. And Stevenson has looked better, but the Patriots have been just such a mess that his value has been really hurt. And uh, I know earlier in the season, we even gave him the he's not that guy award. So, yeah. uh, you know, just has been a bad trade for both sides, really, which I guess makes it a fair trade. But, uh, neither guy has really performed. There's one other player in that uh, that trade that looked pretty bad as well. I think it was Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams. He's still got some value though. He's got. He's had some touchdowns and some catches. Some is a good w- word for that. Uh, but no, no, it's that trade was just you know yeah. stinky from the start. But you know, Jamison probably has the most upside. Ramondre is looking like he may be bounced back second half. But another player who kind of has the same arc as that, I think, is the one Joe's going to talk about. Yeah, Tony Pollard was the first one that came to mind, but you, you can't even really say Tony Pollard right now, though, because the last two weeks he's he he's kind of coming coming back into form, and the timing couldn't be better for you guys, Matt, as you're if, as you're heading into playoffs, right? So I get the feeling, and we talked earlier about uh, Dallas's schedule being softish coming down the stretch. Um, obviously, Dak is throwing the ball very, very well, and that's probably contributed to the fact that Pollard doesn't have as many rushing touchdowns this year as he had last year, but the yards per carry have, have improved the last two weeks, and he looked like the, like he had more juice on Thanksgiving, so um, you can't really say Pollard if I had to throw out an honorable mention. Um, Amari Cooper, uh, the Amari <laughs> Cooper-Baker Mayfield trade. Yeah. Um, I mean, Again, like a little bit of a poopy trade on both sides. Baker, I think, has been a little bit better. Uh, Cooper has had his struggles, obviously, with Watson. Watson's injury being a, a major factor there. Injuries. Uh, he's just always. In, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> you know, now he's banged up on top of the fact that the quarterback situation there continues to be a carousel. So um, I'd say Amari Cooper is definitely an honorable mention just for a guy that looked like he was going to be promising early in the season mm-hmm. and then just really has kind of fallen off. Yeah. And uh, what about uh, Matt? You have a, another running back that yeah, was burning bright early in the season, but uh, mm-hmm. post-trade, not looking great. I mean, to be fair, he was declining prize for the trade, but mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker, I mean, last four yeah. weeks, 2.2 points, then he had 21.2 points, but – so I think he took like one reception, 64 yards to the house, which is yep. okay, right? 2.1 points, did not play. 
doesn't look like he's playing this week. And if he does, it's Dallas. And then if he plays next week, it's San Francisco. I mean, on top of that, I mean, it's like the Rashad Penny and uh, trying to think who was the running back then who like Chris Carson, Chris Carson, right? It's like the same situation, right? It's like deja vu all over again. Charbonnet, all of a sudden, they just decide like, oh, we're just going to give you all the touches. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charbonnet is out touching even when Walker was healthy, he was out touching him. It was all of a sudden like Pete Carroll just kind of gets bored. <laughs> it's like, all right, you know, it's it's like the Super Bowl all over again. No, don't give it to Marshawn. Let's throw it. Let's throw it to like the 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 cornerback. Like it's crazy. I think sometimes uh, Pete Carroll just can't help himself. He just likes to add chaos and fuel to the fire, right? Yeah. And so I mean. It's weird because, like, you thought at the beginning of the season, because I was down on them because I was like, oh, they got Charbonnet. It's the whole thing. In the beginning of the season, he was on fire. Yeah. He's running back in the league. And all of a sudden, it's just like, I mean, you talk about a cliff. I mean, like, he just, like, just fell. I mean, he just, like, it was, like, ran into a wall. He did. It was just, it wasn't even gradual, I feel like. It was just, he ran into a wall, fell off the cliff, and. Hurt his oblique in that wall. Yeah. (laughs) Afterthought in Seattle at this point. I mean. I mean, who knows? He might not even come back. I mean, you know, I mean, the way they're going, Seattle, I mean, and they clearly like Charbonnet. So, I mean, to me, I mean, I forgot what it was. I know it was like Max Sauce to Croak Dog. I don't even remember what was given up, but. It, mean, it was a large deal, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of players in there. But to your point, too, it's like, and we talked about this a, a few weeks ago, too. If Walker got hurt and Charbonnet starts getting all the work, there's already like a changing in the snap count. It's hard to see that. Walker's ever going to get a full workload again unless Charbonnet gets hurt. So, like, an injury to Walker kind of hurts his future outlook going forward because he was dominating when he got all the work, and that doesn't seem like a reality that can happen anymore. So you're going to need him to break off that one big run to have a a good week, which is going to mean you're going to have a lot of disappointed weeks going forward as well. And you would think, like, Charbonnet hasn't even played that well, even though he's given the opportunity (laughs) to be like, oh, Kenneth Walker will get – the carries again. I don't think he's going to get the carries. I think they're kind of just like, oh, just be the rookie. Eventually, he's going to break one. Charbonnet's also had like the worst matchups, which just thinks you're like, you, you finally got your chance. And it's like three brutal matchups in a row. Yeah. Yeah, true. But we'll see. But a couple, a couple other ones just to mention quickly. Um, Quinton Johnson, not not a big name, but that was a part of a trade. And I know that's like an upside shot to try to get a rookie, a rookie wide receiver mixed into the deal. He, he doesn't look like he. Uh, has it obviously who knows moving forward but so far he he's been pretty bad like I'd put him probably outside the, even the top 10 rookie wide receivers and top 15 maybe he's just been brutal Damian Pierce we kind of alluded to he was traded again he was part of a larger deal but uh, he looks like he may be out of a job coming in, at, into next season or two because he has low draft capital and not looking good in that Texans offense where everything else is clicking um, an honorable mention or dishonorable was just the Kirk Cousins. That just it was a great trade at the time, and then you can't predict an injury like that. And it was literally the one. It wasn't a full game. Like the trade happened right before that injury, so that just stinks. But that's part of the game. Um, so sometimes the flops are injuries. Sometimes the flops are players just losing their roles. So we'll see what happens. But with yeah, that, one note, one note, real quick on that trade. I think I, I think I might still have Scott winning that trade. Like if we look at like revisionist history, like if we just look at where we are now, it was Kirk Cousins and a second. He acquired a twenty twenty four second for James Conner. Who are, are we sure James Conner has much left in the tank? He hasn't been very good. He has not. No. Right. Uh, Quentin Johnston. We just talked about how he was looking trending to be more like a bust than a valuable asset. 
and a 2025 first, right? So, like, if Cousins ends up in a decent spot, you know, like you have a quarterback next year, you have a second rounder next year, you only gave up a, f- a future first. Uh, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's looking okay given that Connor and Johnson are Johnson are not looking not as promising as they did when the <laughs> trade was made. Yeah, and, and that's that's a good point. I wasn't. Uh, it, I, I still think, to your point, the trade will still be good. I was more of a flop for the point of the trade was to compete yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah. But you're you're all right, especially when you think about the, what first he gave up with it being a 2025 first, not a 2024. Um, because if Cousins comes back with all the other players in his roster, that could be a late pick. So, um, But he does get in uh, a 2024 second as well. So he, he can bolster his team up to make. Because when you give away a first or any of your picks, you are like, I want to make that as least valuable as possible. So you're like, now you have the chance to do that. And he's still in on Cousins. I was trying to acquire Cousins from him at the deadline for my uh... – for my next year team. And he's like, no, no, I think I'm going to write it out with cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, it's not a bad call. Paid they, a lot for him. So they want him back. Yeah. you got it at this point. I mean, it's a veteran heavy team. But, I mean, if you think about it, you just said a 2025 pick. I mean, he has a lot of good players. I mean, oh, he's a very small window yeah. for that, for those players. But I mean, He's got another year at least, so next year, yeah. Quarterback, so he might actually have to think about which quarterback he wants to start next year, which is pretty wild. Imagine, man, crazy. but I mean, like if you think about Dobbs, Cousins, and I mean, he's gonna, he's got a decent team, and his wide receivers are good. People are gonna be coming to him for quarterbacks. It's crazy. you know, I mean, like, and kudos to him. I mean, he just kept trading. He was not giving. Oh. Yeah, that was the epitome of like. I, at one point, I was like, "All right, he's got, he's gonna like just start trading off assets, right?" And then he was like, "No, Kirk Cousins." And I was like, oh, "Okay, he's going for it." And then he gets Keenan Allen and Geno, and they like he beats us. Like they that trade literally beat us that week. And I was like, "Damn, Scott's back in it." I know. I really was trying to get Keenan as well. That was such man. I wanted Keenan so bad. Um, yeah, no, I I love the fact that he kept going for it, and he had a lot of bad luck and still kept going for it too, and valiant uh, effort. But with that, real quick, what is uh, one sleeper you guys have uh, going into the final weeks of the season who you think could pop and help players in the playoffs, kind of like Jarek McKinnon did uh, last year? Uh, why don't you go Matt first since uh, you're the guest, give you the, the first one to pop in here. Yeah, I mean, real quick, I had Jamison Williams. I mean, he's just like the ultimate boomer bus guy. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like Rashid Shahid for our team. I mean, every week, the three weeks he went off, we didn't have him in the lineup, and you put him in the next week, and he gets like two points. <laughs> but I mean, the guy could literally take two catches and get you twenty points. Like you know, he's ultimate boomer bust. But then honestly, like my big one was Isaiah Likely. I mean, he did it last year when Andrews was out, right? And a tight end premium league. I mean, he's worth a shot. And Lamar likes to throw the tight ends on his rollouts and stuff. So I mean, I mean, they're. Re- I mean, again, like I guess you could say, like from the ballers, they're nasty boys almost in a way. Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, I mean, Jamison Williams, like I said, I mean, he, all you need is that one week. You just gotta catch lightning in a bottle, which Ryan, I don't think you've done yet. But I mean, <laughs> uh, funny enough. I mean, again, like hey, he's just he's it's tight end premium, and he's now the starter, so it's worth a stone's throw, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you're in desperation of a tight end. Yeah, and uh, we're actually starting Jameson this week because we have a couple buys, so we'll see. He'll probably be a massive bust this week, but it's a solid twenty this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I actually really like the likely pick. I think that's a good one. I went with another tight end, real bottom of the barrel, but 
I went with Tucker Craft just because Musgrave is on IR and top tight ends like Andrews are out for the fantasy playoffs and we are a tight end premium league. So if you happen to have this guy and you were struggling at tight end, you know, he caught a touchdown in week 12, almost had a touchdown in week 11. If nothing else, he has weekly touchdown potential and the tight end position is pretty slim going into the playoffs. So he's someone that could potentially help you win. Yeah. Offense trending up too. So they've been looking good. For mine, I went with, I threw an honorable mention to Trey McBride, although I don't necessarily know that he fits the criteria at this point. He's too good already. (laughs) But on the same offense, um, I like the idea of Michael Wilson, who has been out for the last three and a half, four weeks with a shoulder injury. Uh, He's not practicing now. He's not likely to play this week. And then next week is their bye. So this is a week 15 through 17 speculative ad. Uh, if he's out there in a redraft, um, Dave appears to have him in this league for dynasty or another. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he he definitely uh, flashed early in the season at a two touchdown game with Josh Dobbs. Uh, hasn't been out there with Kyler yet, but I don't know. Hollywood is not dominating that number one wide receiver role. Greg Dorch is still getting a lot of looks. Those looks yep. are likely to go to Wilson once he's back. And yeah, I mean, if he produced. A bunch with uh, with Dobbs. I feel like there's some upside there where uh, he could potentially be somebody who comes out of nowhere to contribute to a winning team in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been wanting to start him every single week, and it's like, oh, is he going to play? And he get, keeps getting ruled out. It's killing me. Um, <laughs> but a couple other quick ones. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, uh, I kind of alluded to before. Uh, he, he's, I mean, he's got all the speed in the world, he, and that's translating. He started in college, but he, he's getting open a lot on the field. And it looked he was very close to having a couple of breakout games earlier this year. He's had, I think, like two or three catches or like near catches where he just stepped out of bounds. But he was getting open, and, and you see that it's working downfield. And then this past week, he finally had his first 100-yard game. So they're on the bye this week. Uh, but I would also think with a team that is not the strongest record-wise, they'll probably try to get a sh- bigger look out of their rookie. So I could see him getting a few more targets going into um, uh, the end of the season. Jaden Reed, one throughout, I think personally he's my favorite Green Bay uh, Packer wide receiver, and he's getting a lot of looks. He scored another touchdown this past week. And then as a veteran, Brandon Cooks, I think, is someone who people may have overlooked most of the year, but we've talked ad nauseum about the uh, Cowboys' uh, playoff schedule or rest of the season schedule. So I think Cooks is kind of sending to the wide receiver too and getting a lot more targets uh, and gets a lot of the, the deeper shots as well. Yeah, I like him. I think Jaden Reed is is probably uh, sitting with Trey McBride, and uh, m- most people uh, are already on to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. But, no, no, but I, I completely agree. He's looked by far the best in in their offense uh, for a couple weeks now. Yeah. Good. And then one quick update in our league. Even though this was our trade deadline, no trades. Very disappointing. But. We did have a new weekly high and give an update on the weekly low. So the weekly low first was uh, Clark Sauce with 82.34, but still beat not low enough for uh, the Wilkinson brothers to, to get bested or worsted in that with only two weeks left. But to maybe offset that pain, the Wilkinson brothers did take the K for the new weekly high in the year, just missing a, the 200-point mark. They were there, and there was a point correction, a stack correction there. They had 199.46, so it can't even round up for 199.5. Uh, 
But that is a very, very respectable uh, score there. So how do you feel about having the highest score and the lowest score of any given week? Totally redeemed ourselves, Dave. Totally <laughs> redeemed ourselves. We're going for the Dynasty Triple Crown, lowest score, highest score, and championship. So All right. uh, we only have we only have one left to get. That legendary triple crown. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Two weeks left. See if anyone can uh, take either title away from you. Um, but with that, we're going to get into our final segment, which is the DK lineup challenge, as we do with each special guest. So. We're going to run through each of our lineups, put them in, and see if Maddie can take out all three of the podcasters in here. And uh, I don't think we talked about, do, do we want to wager on this one again? We have in the past. What are you guys thinking here? I could do 20 again. Yeah, I think 20 has been working. All right, 20, 20 bucks. Are you, Winner. are you in, Matt? I'm in. Nice. Winner takes all. Let's go. Okay. So, Maddie, jump to you first. What quarterback are you going with, and what is their price? Uh, so I was, the quarterback was probably the toughest one for me. Um, I think Joe, you alluded to it before the show. It was, it was tough. I ended up, yeah, I ended up going with Brock Purdy against San Francisco. I mean, I'm sorry, against Philadelphia. And the reason I kind of went with that was just because of their secondary. Um, that was the best I can give you. And it actually worked out that I could get a better receiver by doing it. So he only cost me 6,100. So that's really why I went with him. I'll jump in because I also went with Brock Purdy for the same thing. And I saw this stat uh, tweeted out by Cobb Bergoni earlier, uh, I think yesterday. Opponents are throwing 68% of the time against Philadelphia, the highest rate in the NFL. And that is actually down from 70% before this past week. So wheels up for uh, Purdy over here. He's going to be throwing a ton. So I originally did have Purdy in my lineup. Um, ended up taking him out because I got gun shy because, uh, on the road, cold weather and rain in the forecast, I was like, eh, you know, like that was what shied me away. But honestly, I, the, the matchup is perfect. And I, I gotta say, I was, he, if I didn't end up with the guy that I had, he was going to be my, uh, my next best option. Mm-hmm. Who'd you go with though, Joe? I ended up going with uh, Sam Howell. Yes, yes, let's go. <laughs> uh, I'm Howling this week, sixty-two hundred dollars. I think that it's a good bounce back spot for him. He's had two rough weeks. He's at home. Uh, I think Miami's going to score a billion points against that against their terrible defense. Yep. So garbage time could come in. Hopefully, another rushing touchdown. So we'll see. Uh, I think he bounces back. I love it. What about you, Ry? So I know uh, it sounds like all three of you went with Tyreek, and for the same reason, I actually went with Tua. Uh, Commanders are the worst-ranked defense against QBs and allow the second-most yards to wide receivers. I'm hoping that translates to some big points for Tua. So I and can't get any pressure either, so it should be okay. That means Tyreek can run forever. Um, <laughs> but with that, Ryan, why don't you keep it going with your running backs? Well, actually, how much was Tua, too, before we move on? He was 7900 Oh, a little bit pricier. Okay. A little pricier. Um, running backs, I went with John Robinson. I feel like we kind of talked about how I like it. Uh, the Jets just aren't that good at stopping the run. And last week he had 16 attempts and three targets. So I'm hoping Arthur Smith gives him the ball again this week. 
And then I actually went with Zach Moss. Um, should yeah. hopefully get his three down roll back with JT missing the week, and he was only forty six hundred dollars, so it seemed like great value. Yeah, Joe. What about you? Did you get the Zach Moss as well? Um, I got him in my flex, so we'll save him for later. Okay, we'll save it for. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of us are going to have Zach Moss. <laughs> my uh, my running backs were uh, Alvin Kamara, which um, I like the potential upside with. Chris Olave missing. If if Olave plays, I still think Kamara is a decent play um, at home against the Lions, who have a pretty miserable passing defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think he'll get a lot of targets to be involved in the passing game. And uh, and then I went with uh, Jalen Warren to have a bounce back. I think the volume was there last week. The new kind of coaching offensive coordinator met, said last week they wanted to get him more involved. Obviously, it wasn't his best performance like we talked about, but Arizona is terrible, and it's, I see it as a game they're, they're likely going to be uh, leading. Probably a lot of uh, opportunity to um, to run the ball and not have Kenny Pickett do anything stupid, <laughs> throwing. Uh, so, yeah, those are my – I went Kamara and uh, Jalen Warren. Kamara, 8200 and uh, Warren, much cheaper. I actually like the value here with Warren, $5,400. Yeah, solid value. Well, maybe hear that in my flex. Um, what about you, Matt? Who, who are your running backs? Uh, so my first one I went with was uh, Ramondre Stevenson going up against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Their D's, uh, thanks. Yeah, their D's not great. I mean, I mean, obviously the Patriots' offense is probably worse, but he had a good week against the Giants, and I'm just hoping the, uh, to ride the hot streak with him. He cost me uh, 6000 and then I went with actually a running back who's been pretty hot lately, uh, Rashad White of Tampa, going up against Carolina, who's like, I think they're like the worst ranked run defense in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of surprised. He was 6300 He was only 300 more than Ramondre, so I felt like, you know, I just had to go with the, I mean, he wasn't cheap, but. I feel like he, I mean, he had a great week last week, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, going up against Carolina, I feel like it was something I just had to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, he's been a top 10 running back, which is why he's in my lineup as well. I have Rashad White. Uh, and this is a point per reception league, and he does typically catch a lot of passes as well. Uh, I mean, in DraftKings lineups, they, you get a full point per reception. So, yeah, I had him for 6,300. Uh, Zach Moss as well, I had in my lineup for 4,600. So, both my guys are mentioned. Uh, Zach Moss's uh, matchups a little tougher, but I still think like he he did well against bad matchups early in the season, so I'm not worried. And Rashid, uh, Rashad White has been a top, I think even like top seven, top six running back all season, which has been crazy, and gets a plus plus matchup. So love the call. Uh, move forward, I'll start with the wide receivers. Uh, I have Tyreek at uh, 9600 paid up because terrified to not have him if he plays because I feel like he's going to go bonanza. Uh, I have Terry McLaurin at 5,500, um, trying to get a piece of that Sam Howell offense uh, and a good matchup there. Uh, same same game as uh, Tyreek. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, and I'm hoping this is the game where Ty- Terry gets a lot of targets. Um, and then finally with wide receiver, I got my stack with Debo. So it was debating between Debo and Ayuk, but Debo is about $1,000 cheaper at 6,200. Um and I, he seems like he gets a little bit more targets and in a game that could be a little bit colder. And the way the defense works, I think um, the closer targets that Debo typically gets over the deeper shots that I sometimes get, I think might be a little bit more valuable. Plus, you could get a couple of rushes. So Debo at 62, Terry at 5,500, and Tyreek at 9,600. Uh, what about you, Rai? Who do you got a wide receiver? 
So I also went with Debo. So he was the first wide receiver. He's facing the Eagles. Should be a back and forth game. Uh, I actually then went with Josh Downs. Um, matchup against the Titans. Um, had 97 yards in their first meeting and had 13 targets last week. So hoping he stays hot. And then I also went with Cortland Sutton, who has eight, okay. touchdowns, eight touchdowns and 11 games played. So I'm, I'm going for the touchdown there, and uh, I needed to save a little money. I dig it. What about you, Joe? I like the downs call, to mm-hmm. be honest. He uh, he was out for a while. He was hurt. Um, last week was like his first week kind of back, uh, like fully healthy from the injury. And like he's at 13 targets. He was heavily involved. So good call with that one. So I started with... Um, my 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 stack with Sam Howell, which is this is a challenge with going with Sam Howell. It's, it's tough to stack Washington receivers because who yep. who has any idea? So I decided to just go with the cheapest option, and it just so happens to be the most productive option from last week's game, which is Curtis Samuel, forty one hundred dollars. He got a ton of uh, opportunity last week. I think he had ten or eleven targets over a hundred mm-hmm. yards. And honestly, as a as an owner of Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin in different leagues, he's just gotten an annoying amount of targets throughout the entire season, quite yep. frankly. So, you know, maybe in a game where they're down and passing the ball a lot, uh, he can do something. And then I spent up uh, $7,300 riding the hot hand with Devontae Smith. Um, I like that game. I think they're going to be passing the ball quite a bit. And uh, the sun god himself, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's been... Uh, just it's so incredibly productive uh, all season. Rock solid in the lineup. $8,500. New Orleans has a uh, a top half defense. Um, and Jared Goff is not the best on the road, which gives me a little pause. But it's 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 on the road in a dome. It's not like he's out in the conditions. He's it, he's it's a little bit more like like uh, Ford Field for for Goff. And I and I like the. Uh, the, the solid floor that I'm getting from Amon Ra, hopefully to combat against all of your Tyreek. I love Amon Ra because the best thing about him, I think I've, this has happened a couple games or now and happened this past week. He's not having a great game. And then like the, if they're down the last like drive or two, he just gets hyper targeted. He was at like, I think four or five reception. And then he last like two minutes, he up to nine and almost a hundred yards. So that's a great call. What about you, Matt? So uh, I started with paid up. For Tyreek, because like like you said, I just would hate too to scared. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just such a juicy matchup, right? And like Dave said, ninety six hundred. Uh, and then I went with uh, Josh Downs as well, like Ryan. Oh, oh wow! Um, you know the reason why I did it, I don't have Zach Moss in my lineup because I was kind of running out of money because between my next receiver, I'm just gonna say, and Tyreek took up a lot. And, you know, I mean, Tennessee is a pretty good run team, but they're pretty bad against the pass. And Minshew's mm-hmm. actually played pretty well for uh, the Colts. And I think Joey said it. He's been hurt, and now he's finally back. And him and Pittman are actually a decent duo together. Mm-hmm. So I went with Downs, and then I got my stack with Purdy, and I paid up for Brandon Ayuk at 7200 Part of the reason is I'm really rooting for him in another league because I have an outside shot at the playoffs and I'm playing actually against the league. I know. You will do good because I get lit up by every single team I play in that league. All my points against that I don't have in our league is in that league. (laughs) True story. True story. Um, Again, like we said, I mean, we said it at nauseum, but I mean, Philadelphia's secondary is just pretty pitiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I feel like with Purdy – 
feel like I had to go with the stack with somebody, and uh, I was between him and Debo. Debo, I think, is about a thousand cheaper, but yep. like I said, I'm rooting for Ayuk in another league, so I said I'm going to double down, and I'm either going, I'm either doing, going to do real well or real poorly in both leagues. So uh, yeah, I went with Ayuk at seventy two hundred. It's part of the fun of this, uh, it's the, the rooting interest. But uh, Matt, why don't you close out your roster with your tight end flex and defense? Uh, yeah, it's pretty ugly. So I was <laughs> I mean, the, the tight end's not too bad. I actually went with at 3,600 with Logan Thomas nice. against uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, the guy's 32, and I mean, he just he's played well this year. I mean, it's I feel like I'm just – if I can get 8 to 10 points from him, I would be happy. But, I mean, that's kind of what he's done all year, right? Yeah. He's 3,600, and, I mean, Miami's not the best secondary or defense in general. And then for my flex, I went with <laughs> – Ryan's boy, Jamison Williams. The, <laughs> the dark <laughs> Ryan's. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I got to be man of my word, right? I mean, I said he was uh, is a nasty boy, right? So I went with a nasty boy in my flex spot. <laughs> so I'm getting zero points or I'm getting 20 points out of that. <laughs> and then uh, with the little money I had left, I just threw the Patriots defense in there for 2400 I mean, I know I have – it's against the Chargers, but I mean – I don't know. The Chargers are weird. I, I mean, Keenan Allen is going to probably torch them, but I mean, I mean, I have Eckler in the Dynasty League, and he has just not seemed like the same player as in the past. And I mean, the Patriots played really well. I mean, granted, it was against the Giants last week, but the mm-hmm. Patriots defense isn't terrible. So, I mean, it's also defense. I mean, it's such a it's, you. I mean, I feel like you just stream defenses at this point, right? Like trying to save money. <laughs> yeah. Dallas defense or San Francisco defense, it's every week that you're just playing the matchup. Yeah. So with the essentially whatever money I had left, I mean, I ended up with a hundred bucks. I could have upgraded Purdy to Sam Howell, but I, uh, out of principle, refused. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about you, Joe? Want to close out your your lineup? Yeah. So I too had um, the New England defense. So I'm with you. I think it's decent savings. Uh, the Chargers are weird. They're also not great on the road. Uh, it's a cold weather game. They're flying across the country. There's rain. It's just, it's the kind of game that I don't anticipate them scoring a ton of points. I don't really anticipate New England scoring a ton of points. So I don't think they're, the Chargers are going to be motivated to score a lot of points. So I think it's a, it's a good mucky game for $2,400. If I can get a baseline of five or six points, it'll be good. Uh, and my flex, like I said earlier, I did go with Zach Moss, $4,600 for a starting running back. I thought that was pretty good value, although the, the matchup isn't great. He's uh, He excelled in the role earlier in the season, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's pumped to, to, to have it back. And uh, and then for my tight end, I went with Kate Otten, who actually has been somewhat productive, and for only $3,200, I needed to save a little bit. Um, he's had... Uh, Four receptions the last two weeks. No, <clears throat> no touchdowns recently. But going up against Carolina, who's atrocious at home, uh, I felt like there was a hair of touchdown upside there. So I've re- my, originally I had Mike Evans in my lineup, and uh, when I took him out, I'm like, I got to get somebody in this Tampa Bay offense. So ended up going with K. Dot. I dig it. I like it. I, I had the same thought too. Um, I'll jump in quick on mine. Um, I had. Uh, and my flex, you already 
kind of mentioned it, but Jalen Warren uh, for 54 going up against the cards. The cards, these things. We saw Kyron Williams just light them up coming off uh, the IR. So I'm hoping Jalen Warren's explosiveness will uh, exploit that D as well. Uh, I actually took for defense the Saints D against uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, kind of to the points that made you a little worried at first uh, for Goff. And Goff could have a bad game and, and Amaran still be great, which we've seen multiple times this season. But I'm hoping that since it's on the road, it's pretty stout defense. They they sack him, maybe get a couple turnovers, build on uh, what was an ugly game for Goff uh, on Thanksgiving uh, afternoon. And then in my tight end, I went with Jawan Johnson. Uh, assuming if Olave's out, even I'm praying Olave's in. Uh, but if he's out, this goes up even more. But regardless, he he's getting a good amount of targets. Uh, there's Shahid's going to be out anyway. Uh, Taysom Hill is all over the place, but I think he should st- still get a pretty good target share. And the, and we mentioned the line secondary, like their pass defense is not very strong. So I think Jamal can get some pretty good looks there. So at 3,400, I thought that was good value. And Ryan, why don't you close it out? Yeah, so for tight end, I actually went with Fairmouth. Uh, 11, 11 targets last week, new offensive coordinator. I'm hoping the momentum continues this week. Uh, flex, I went with Rashad White. So, you know, we talked about him. He has mm-hmm. over 15 points per game the last six games, and he now gets the Panthers, who are 30th against the run. And then on defense, I actually went with the Falcons because they're playing Tim Boyle. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong there. That's all you got to say. Yeah. Looks at it, Tim Boyle, defense. Okay, take yeah. it. <laughs> and then I also had an extra $100 like Matt, so, you know. Nice. Could, couldn't upgrade anyone, though. Felt pretty good with this lineup. Great. Well, I'm excited. We'll see. Um, I think this will be an interesting matchup. We do have a lot of uh, more overlap than I was expecting, so it should be, should be interesting to see which ones uh, step up and uh, if Matt can take us out. Last time, I think Schluter struck out, so doing, doing all right. Or, yeah, Schluter didn't get anyone. But with that, I want to say thank you for listening to the NSFW Dynasty Podcast. Go up with your final playoff pushes unless you're playing me. See you guys later. Guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the NSFW Dynasty Podcast. Tune in next time 